looking tonight into Romans chapter 12, first two verses, verse 1 and 2, Romans 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I know we've heard these verses before, but reasonable service. God is reasonable. He always is. He always has been reasonable. It's not unreasonable. You may have experienced something in life that's unfair or unreasonable, but you've never met that with God because he's never unreasonable. Verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I guess we know we shouldn't be conformed to the world. Christians understand that aspect of what it's like to not being being conformed to the world, to the standards of the world, to the ideas of the world. The world has lots of ideas and lots of plans for your life, but you don't want them to be the plans for your life because the Word of God says we should not be conformed to this world. And it's true. We don't want to be conformed. We don't want to be in agreement with the world's great plans, great ideas for for people. It's like the uh, time they approached you or me and said, you know, one drink won't hurt you. That's not true. One drink is it's just the starting place. It goes into the habit form of, a, of our psyche. And then there's two, and then there's three, and it's going to be so much fun. They usually sell you on that idea. You're just going to... And, and nobody's going to see you. You're away from home now. Your mommy and daddy, they're not going to say that you can't do that. One drink will will kill you in the long run. It could. It could take away all the real joy of living, the real hope that you had. You remember what it was like to be very, very young? You could anticipate things with great excitement, no guilt, no pain. You just enjoyed life because God is good to young people. It's good to older people too. But he's especially good to young people, and, and he makes things exciting that wouldn't be exciting to everybody, but they're exciting to you. And, and that's the, the God we serve. But we don't want to be conformed to this world because those little things, so, so to speak, little are not so little. Those habits, they take a hold of people. They take a hold of, I suppose, in particular, young people. And they lead you through life and they draw you away from what you should really be drawn to. It draws you away from God. 
Sometimes the, the concept is, well, you really don't need to be that serious about praying. I mean, devotional time and prayer each day, every day. Come on now. You know what? That's good every day. The blessing of the Lord is there every day. When we, when we seek the Lord in simple, unhindered prayer and reading of the Word of God and finding the nuggets, there's treasures in this book. You have to dig them out. Treasures are not always on the surface. You have to dig for them and you find that is good. That satisfies that desire in my heart that never found that in sin. Sin was always dragging and pulling you away. But you know, another aspect of being conformed to this world is the fact that it's real easy to do. Just go with the flow. Like a dead fish in the river just flowing right on down to the ocean or wherever they go. <laughs> it doesn't take much energy to do that, does it? No resistance. Serving God is something that you choose to do, and it may not necessarily be easy to do. But anything worth doing sometimes doesn't necessarily have to be easy. People that have achieved things in this world, uh, it wasn't easy. People that start their own businesses, they start a business and they've got this great recipe for grandma's uh, I guess it would be uh, some kind of a pie. Maybe pumpkin pie. No, maybe not. Maybe cherry pie. No, probably a uh, strawberry rhubarb pie. Something, you know, takes a little extra. But, you know, after you've gone into the, into the restaurant day after day after day, you better love doing that pie business because it will, it will get old in a hurry. I, I think, and I'm not a cook, and I'm not a baker, but I'm just really sure because a lot of places that start out with with excitement and they're they're thrilled about it, and the and the balloons are in the front of their brand new little restaurant that they rented, and they're just barely making the rent. They don't last that long because the enthusiasm is gone. The gospel puts some enthusiasm in in your heart that can be revived on a daily basis. The encouragement is out of this world and it comes right down to you and blesses your soul and encourages your heart. It's good to serve God every day. It's the blessing of the Lord every day. But we don't want to agree with the world's standards. You know, that old devil has been working his business for a long time. He's got a lot of experience. But God has more experience. And Jesus has the power to overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. Jesus can enter into a person's life and just turn things around. Things that you didn't think were possible become possible. Victory is won on a day-by-day -day basis. With God, all things are possible. Isn't that true? It is. We didn't have time for a whole lot of testimonies tonight, but we had a time to hear some testimonies that God is still real. 
that God helps people in different circumstances. But He comes through. He comes through for you. He comes through in, in a very special, very real way. This verse goes on to say something interesting. It says, Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. South, when you, when you renew something, it sounds as if you might have known it before or had that before. Well, maybe that's true in that verse. It's possible. But there's a time where, where God just changes things. He transforms things. He, he, he turns it in a different direction. It was formed once, but now it needs to be transformed. It needs to be, be changed for the glory of God. And it can be by the renewing of your mind. You see, if it gets into your mind, it just might likely get into your heart. And then it will dictate things and the way you live and the, the purpose you have in life. So we need to have our minds transformed by the Word of God. And then you can prove it. It says, you, you go a little further in that verse, prove what is good, acceptable, perfect to the will of God. The whole point is we want to prove the will of God on a personal, daily basis. And with God, we can do that. God can make it possible. We do not have to be complying with the world's standards. The world's standards basically don't change all that much. They're usually just kind of out there in the area of go for whatever you want. Whatever feels good, go for it. Sin is okay for everybody. After all, Christians sin every day in thought, world, indeed. Don't believe it. It's not true. But we've heard that. We've heard that it, as if it were true. How is that possible? You know, in 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul went to, uh, went to Greece and uh, found out that the people there, some of them were worshiping something called an unknown God. And he told them, wait a minute, you don't have to have an unknown God. You can have a known God. You can know God. You can really know him. It can be personal. The gospel is personal, by the way. Sometimes when you get in church and the preacher's so far away from the people, you know, the closest is not that, you're pretty, you're close, but could be closer, you know. I've wondered how Jesus would operate in our church services. I'm just a wild guess here, okay? I have an idea. He'd walk up and down the pews, you know, be talking to you, look right down there at you, and he'd say, I love you. I care for you. I want to do something good for you. That's just the way I, I picture that. That's a closeness. The gospel is close to your heart. You like being close to people, don't you? But God wants to be close to you, very close. He wants to live with you and in you and to be, abide in you day by day, every day. But in 2 Corinthians, Paul writes this. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 13, he says, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. That's a lot to bite off. False apostles? You mean there's pretend apostles? They're just pretending to be apostles, but they're not actually apostles. They're not actually doing anything for the Lord. They're probably doing something for themselves. They're false apostles. And they're deceitful workers. They're out to deceive people. Any kind of people. They don't care who you are. 
They don't care what your name is, where you came from, or that you have Christian parents. doesn't matter. They're deceitful. They're deceiving and deceiving and deceiving. And that's their job. And it says that they transform. There's a different type of transforming. If you look this up, find out there's more than one type of transforming going on here. This is different. This is more of a satanic transforming. Transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. That sounds, that sounds good, but it's bad. That's the whole idea. They, they come on as if they are apostles for the Lord Jesus Christ. And the thing is, they're very eloquent. They're very good at it. They're very educated many times. They deliver a message that is deceitful because they are false apostles and we can resist that kind of teaching. We can resist that kind of enemy because it's not good. It's not good for you spiritually. It will not build you up. Oh, it might, it might cheer you up for a little while because they're good at cheering people up. But don't mention sin. No, 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 we can't talk about things that are negative. Uh, mm. That's a bad thing to talk about. We just have to talk about things that make you feel good. It's got to be a gospel to feel good. He says in verse 14, And no marvel, don't be shocked, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Satan can come on as brilliant, light shining, an angel from heaven. Why, after all, but it's Satan who is also transformed to an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers, that is, Satan's ministers, that if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness. When I saw that, ministers of righteousness, how in the world can... the Ministers of Satan be ministers of righteousness. Well, I guess they can be in a certain degree, but it's not the righteousness we know about. Holiness is something that is pure, something that's dependable, something that will, will keep you day after day in, in, a, in a righteous and a holy way, not in an unrighteous or a take sin casually sort of way. Whose end whose end shall be according to their works. Well, they will come to an end. We don't need to worry about those people, but we need to resist them. Resist the devil steadfast in the faith. Hold on to the things that are are powerful, that are holy, that are truly righteous. How do you know? Sometimes, how would you know? Well, you know, there is a, there is a pretty good way to know. Who's your friends? Are your friends godly people? Are your friends uncompromising people? Are your friends uh, someone that you can call upon and say, brother or sister, I, I got this burden on my heart. And do you remember to pray for me this, this week? Can you talk to the ministry? Can you talk to your pastor, other ministers, and say, listen, I, I heard this and it sounds kind of far out. Uh, is it, is it something I should be paying attention to? And chances are, they've been there. They've been there. 
They've, they've experienced that before and seen the fallacy in these false apostles. They've seen it before. And they know the glamour that comes with it and all that. But we need to resist those kind of things. And we can do that when we are together. We are a team of workers for righteousness. We are on the Lord's or in the Lord's army fighting the good fight of faith. And it is a fight. And it's a good fight. I like this song. There's a song that was around for a number of years. Actually, I think it's back in the 70s. And it starts out, Come unto Jesus. Come unto Jesus. I think the Apostle Paul would have liked a song like that. You never have heard it, but come unto Jesus. The song says, give him your life today. It doesn't say hold off till tomorrow. It says give him your life today in that song. Come unto Jesus. Let him have his way. That's the will of God. Let God have his will in your life. We have to allow it. You see, it's a choice. We choose to have the will of God in our lives. Can you remember when you felt such conviction because you were not living for the Lord? You felt something and you were like compelled. You knew that, God, I need to be praying now. I need to be praying. And and you you just hold it off. You just hold it off. The Spirit of God's talking to your heart. And you're just, you're just struggling with it. You say, I know I should be, be doing something about my life. I should surrender my life to the Lord. And you just, you just can't make that, you can't make that nudge to get you to that place where you can say, I get it. I want the will of God in my life. But it's the right thing to do. And it will do you good. When you come unto Jesus, He will do you good. He will do something in your life that is marvelous and wonderful, and worth telling the whole world about. And we can thank God for the blessing of the book, the Word of God, God's book. Let's depend on it. Let's trust it. And let's trust our friends and brothers in the gospel. They will encourage you in the right direction. We're going to stand and sing a song. Let's stand. Sing 206, Come Have a Time for Prayer tonight.